Hello and welcome to an all new episode of Men and Women Talking Show. This is episode number 118. And uh, we're doing something different today. We're doing a free for all episode. And I am joined by the wonderful, the talented Shannon. How are you doing? Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. And you know what? Yesterday was a big day for you. Tell people what it was. It was Cinco de Mayo. I had tacos. <laughs> you and your tacos. Uh, <laughs> um, no, it was the first show the solo show. Yes, yes. I had a hard woman. And how how do you feel like it went? Um, I haven't watched the replay yet, but I think it went well. I mean, I got really good feedback. Okay, and so, do you, I mean, how do you? I mean, did you like it? And did you? Was it well, I'm trying to be all emotional, but that happened anyway. Um, but I thought it was good. I mean, I thought I was transparent and authentic, which is what I aim to do every time I'm on the screen. Um, and leave y'all with some good some good vibes, some good laughs. I think I did that. Don't you think? No, no, you did an amazing job. Kudos to you. It was an excellent show. And it was very, very... Um, I don't want to say uh, sad, but it was it was very touching and moving, and I, I really enjoyed it. You know, um, you know, we both share something. Both we've lost our father, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's it, it's a club you don't want to be in. Absolutely. In. And uh, so I can definitely sympathize with you on what you've went through. You know, not having your father. And whatnot, and it was it was very touching. So I was just so proud of you, and um, I really enjoyed the show. And I thought the ladies were awesome. So make sure you guys check it out. Now, when tell everybody when they can check out the show. Um, we will be on on next Sunday, which is Mother's Day. Um, it'll be Women Who Create Part Two um, with the brothers Aaron, Audrey, and Rachel. All right, all right, all right. So let's introduce the 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 fellas on the show today. Um, we have, of course, a returning champ, uh, Free. How you doing, man? Man, I am doing wonderful. You know, I'm still light skinned. I'm still black <laughs> out here. You know, uh, things are moving positively in my life right now, and you know, my hard work is starting to bear fruit. So I can't complain too much. Uh, I'm doing I'm doing very well. That's what's up, man. He said I'm still light skinned. All right, man. that's what's up. And your brother just came into the chat room. What's up? Hi, Sack bro oh, number one. Well, now, number four. <laughs> is it? I've been wanting to get this brother on the um, show for a while. I catch him on Periscope doing his thing, and he's come in to uh, get vocal um, a couple of times as well. Uh, it's one and only Taylor. How you doing, man? What's up? What's up, man? What's up, everybody? Can y'all hear me okay? How do I sign? Oh, yeah, we hear you good, man. We hear you real good. Um, kind of let people know a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm kind of dull, you know? It's really not much to me. I'm a, I am, I'm married. I've been married for about 20, well, for 20 years now. That's and I am, I am, uh, I despise the word Christian, but I do believe in Jesus Christ. Um, 
I believe that Jesus is the Messiah. I believe in a Messiah. And that's pretty much where I am. You know, for, for, for a lot of years, I learned how to live as a heathen and as a Gentile. And um, before I came to Christ, I started having issues with the way that I live. You know, like now they call it being conscious or being woke. You know what I'm saying? But I got tired of it. I started noticing, paying attention to the music I was listening to, paying attention to the food I was eating, paying attention to who I was hanging around and just the things that I was doing. And um, and then I, f I found out about Christ, you know, and everything changed. So I'm just in the process now of just learning how to live with this new understanding that I have, you know. Yeah. I love it, man. I love it. And you know what? I think that's a great thing to start off with. Um, there's this phenomenon that I like to talk about, and I call it the the new Christian uh, syndrome. And essentially, what I what it is is there's somebody who maybe didn't grow up in the church or really had a Christian background, but they come to the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. And when they come to the Lord, they they get real holy. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm talking about next level holy. Like you could be listening to the to Miles Davis and they'll say, oh man, you're going to hell for listening to that. You know what I'm saying? Like you know? and um so sometimes most of the time once they kind of you know learn how to live you know on earth and be a Christian then they don't be as you know um holy roly if you want to call it or whatnot right and um so uh let me ask you this question uh taylor when you first you know became a christian did you kind of go through the uh, the new christian syndrome um no not really i mean not in the sense that everything was dirty and i'm telling everybody that you shouldn't listen to that but i was trying to get everybody to come to my church though i will say that the church i was going to i was trying to get everybody to go but i've uh, I, i've just been a uh, cussing is my first native tongue it's my first is my native language so i could never really side with the whole you know the holier than now side you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so yeah what, what about you shannon now shannon you are you know you grew up in the church I you are you're a saved woman um how is it living in this world as well as trying to be a christian like do you ever I know you fall into temptation sometimes and do things that you don't necessarily uh, want to do as a Christian or, you know, maybe it's not the thing that you want to do. But how do you kind of navigate being a Christian and living in this world that we live in? I mean, I keep an oyster knife and a prayer of repentance in my pocket. Like, it depends on what day it is. God has delivered me from many things, but whooping on somebody ain't one of them. So. <laughs> Mm, okay. Especially in these streets. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, I remember free. If I if I remember correctly, you grew up in the church, right? That is correct. I did. Right, and then you kind of went through a convergence in a way as well, right? I did. I went from, uh, um, for lack of better term, de detox, um, <laughs> and. You know, I just had to develop some of my own understandings and beliefs and things of that nature. Like I was very deep, and even in some conversations, you can tell how deep into the church I was because I'm easy. It's it's very easy for me for, to reference um, passages in the Bible, and as far as how they relate to my everyday life, and you know, just in other people. And 
for those that are still under the title of a Christian, I can have that conversation and it still be, I guess, be understood and we can, you know, converse in that manner. But as far as my subscription to it, no, I, I did make some adjustments and some changes. Mm. Yeah. Um, my brother who, you know, same as me grew up in the church, but you know, you know, when he became an adult, he wasn't as much into the church and now he's 10 years older than me. I'm 42. So you can do the math. Um, he's become very deep into the church. Like he's, yeah, he's very devout, very devout, talks about the blood of Jesus a lot. He, um, you know, he's, definitely made some changes and it's very positive too because he's i would like i would say that that since he's become more devout you can definitely see a big change not to say that he was a bad person before that but you can definitely see that like his he's changed quite a bit as a as a person and um and i know that finding a man who you know, has a relationship with Jesus is something very important with you, Shannon, right? Sure. Yes. Amen. So now a lot of us, we don't come to the Lord when we're 20. You know, a lot of us, we don't come to the Lord when we're 30. We don't come to the Lord when we're 40. Sometimes, you know, we, we get it later, right? So I mean, how do you know that maybe this guy that you might be seeing, he might not be there yet, but he might be on his way. What was the word say? You would know them by their fruit, by the fruit that they bear. Mm-hmm. And if I don't see no fruit in you, I can't, I can't, you can't holler at me. I'm sorry. Not at all. Yeah, what I said. You, you can't. Who ne- you never know. Maybe just being with you might be what gets them to. I told you a while ago, Kente, we're not doing no missionary relationship. Why not? Why not? You're supposed to go to the places where the Lord ain't there. And you're supposed to, you know. No. Um, look, I'm not doing that. So, well, you, you can't just preach the already saved, right? Hmm? already saved i can't preach Say that. To, to those who are already saved right you need to go no, no, don't get me wrong i can have a conversation we can have a come to jesus meeting but you're just not my man in that conversation you are my friend mm. okay now All right. if you grow in the word and the lord then i'm here for it if that's what god says but no, we not gonna be dating and mating and try to get you to the Lord, and then we doing things we ain't supposed to be doing because you the stronger heathen and I'm lukewarm Christian. Because <laughs> I'm messing with your foolishness. No, I ain't about to do that. I need to stay on my straight and narrow. Now, if you want to come along for the journey, hey friend, all the way over there with no benefits. Okay. Uh, I will. We'll get to your question, Keenan. Um, but I, I find it interesting though. So, what what, what do you think, uh, Taylor? What was the thing that really like what was it that drew you to the church oh man it's such a long story but i'm gonna tell the condensed version um first of all i think that i must make a distinction between the church and the bible right or the church and god 
So I'll say what initially drew me to the church was this church that I was going to, they were just really helpful. You know what I'm saying? Um, I had, I went to church as a child and I went to an AME church. So this was my first, the church that I was going to as an adult where I had this whole experience. I was a, a young, I was an adult, you know, and um, they were just really nice. They, they didn't demand that you pay tithes, you know, um, man, they just, they just, they just loved on me, man. They, they would, I remember one time my car broke down, the pastor let me hold the, the church van because I had to take my kids to school. You know what I'm saying? Um, man, I'm talking about needed a bill paid. They looked out for me. You know what I'm saying? Needed, needed a bunker. But yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a Pentecostal church. It's called New Jerusalem Church of God. You know, so that's what drew me to them. They were just so loving. And then I, I've never liked when someone is talking and everybody's just agreeing like, yeah, yeah. You know, and this particular pastor, first of all, it was a woman. But it's like, you know, when she would preach, it wasn't just about, you know, motivating you or trying to make you feel good. You know, she didn't have a problem with telling you what was right and what was wrong. And then she would use the scripture and say, oh, the scriptures say this, scriptures say that. And it was just different. You know, it, it wasn't that because I, I had actually grown to really dislike church man you know because it, it just seems so fake <clears throat> and everybody seems so busy being fake and the ones that's not fake you know they just kind of like timid like you understand what i'm saying so anyway this church it just felt really real so that's what i would say drew me to the church it was just they just loved on me man oh, that's what's yeah. up so if you didn't go to that church, let's say for whatever reason that church wasn't no longer around, would you would you still I mean, would that mess with your your faith at all? Um, to be honest, um, like right now, I can't stand church. I don't go to church. I can't tell you the last time I've been to church. I hate when people ask me to go to church. You know what I'm saying? So um, I honestly feel that the trajectory that I'm on right now in life, I think it was just headed my way. You know what I'm saying? Because when I went to church, yeah, things started changing as far as, you know, just basically me repping the church. But it wasn't until I started reading the Bible that everything was different. And it just seems like reading the Bible was something that was just in my path. Because, like, I, even though I grew up going to church as a young kid with my mom and grandmother and stuff, we never read the Bible. You know what I'm saying? Our Bible sat on the coffee table. You know, you dusted it off every now and then. It wasn't no Bible. It was just church, you know. So, um, um, yeah, if that makes sense. No, perfect that's perfect. Sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now you, you were out there in what Miami, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and Miami. You, you spent time out there too, right? Uh, Shannon? What? You spent time out there too, right? I lived there for four years, Miami Beach. I went to New Birth Baptist Church. Oh wow! <laughs> Tyrone wow. Curry was my pastor. <laughs> all right, all right, wow. all right. Um, so, um, you said you have children, right? Who me? Yeah, yeah, I have children. I got two. Yeah, so, so, um, you said you don't go to church. So, how do you, how do you, um? Uh, teach the word to the kids? Do you do it yourself? Um, see, man, this is so, it's so, it's so many like little turns and twists to this story, you know, but 
um, when my children were younger, I used to be a lot more on like, I just basically did, I made them like, instead of a book report, I would have them read a scripture, you know, out of the children's Bible. And I would have them do that, you know, and um, I honestly, I relied on the church a lot. You know, they went to children's church at that time. I wasn't really, you know, on to what's happening at church. So um, anyway, right now that my children are older and teenagers, you know, I believe that somebody can't be taught about God unless they're ready to receive God. You know what I'm saying? So as for me with my children, I don't really set aside no time and be like, hey, let's sit down and read the Bible. Or, hey, let's let's do this. You know, um, I hit them with questions every now and then again to see like what they believe in or what is their worldview, you know, but um, it's a it's a as they come basis as my children ask me questions or as as things come up in life, then I address it, you know, and that's kind of how I deal with it. It's not like a regimented oh Sunday, let's sit down and let's all read the Bible. It's not really that because I found that if you don't really want to do it like you're not going to. You're not going to, uh, to me, it seemed like you won't get anything from it, you know, <clears throat> and at the same time, um, oh, that's what I was saying. I, at, at the same time, I believe that God calls, God chooses and God calls, you know what I'm saying? And people, you, you can try to break up that cycle all you want, right? But the people who God chooses, they're going to come. And whereas a lot of people feel like, oh, that's my children, they're going to be saved. I don't feel that way. You understand because i believe in the election of god so anyway it's a case but it's a, a day by day case by case basis as they grow in maturity and i find an opportunity to talk with them about the gospel or about you know scriptural uh sense then i do but it's not regimented right now they're like they're loving the world so you know now now okay so on periscope mm -hmm. right uh, there's a lot of really good debates that go on sometimes on Periscope. I've seen you a part of them. Um, hold on a second. Sorry about that. Um, I've seen it, you know, seen you a part of them. Uh, and sometimes they'll be like really late at night. It'll be like, it'll be like 4 a.m. And they're having like these, these deep, you know, these deep, uh, philosophical debates on some Christianity, on love, on whatever it is, man. And, and it, it's really kind of, because at first you'd be thinking like, oh, they must be up there, you know, being silly or whatever. And, you know, uh-oh. Uh, you know, you'd be you know, you'd be thinking that um, they up there acting silly, but they they be acting really having some real serious conversations. And um, it, it's funny that that um, in that platform, that's what goes on. Now, um, one thing that you, you've been married for, what, 20 years, you said? So you've been out of the uh, market. I'm, I'm assuming you've been off the market for 20 years, <laughs> right? So uh, I would say I've been off the so, market for, I don't think I really understood marriage until I was 10 years in, bro. So oh, I've been true. off the market okay. for say maybe 12 years now, 10, 12 years, something like that. So. Oh, okay. Right. See, I yeah. was all the way heathen, bro. I was one of those heathenistic church people. You feel? <laughs> right, right, right. Right. So, um, so let me ask free this question. 
as someone who was heavy into the church, major conversions, um, I, I, I'm going to imagine that at some point you want to settle down, right? Yeah, I've been married before. Right, right. Um, would that aspect of of her matter to you? Like, uh, you know, whether she's saved or what, what she feels about? I think it, it absolutely matters um, because at this point, you know, I say it jokingly, but it's, I say it still with the same level of seriousness. You know, I believe in God. I believe in the creative source, whichever you want to call him. But I don't know what to do with Jesus. Um, and as far really? as, <laughs> you know, I, I, I just don't know what to do with it. I'm sorry. Um, and so it matters. And I see that it, it matters not not necessarily so much to me, but I see that it matters to other people who are still very, uh, I guess, inundated, who are still very uh submerged into the church culture or the Christian culture because I've been in conversations or been um, in situations where there's a mutual attraction, there's mutual interest. We talk about different things, I guess the get to know you phase and it's, oh, you know, how was your upbringing and things of that nature. And then it comes down to the question of, do you believe in Jesus? Are you saved? And, um, Immediately in my mind, I hear that Price is Right music. Um, that boom, 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 boom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, here's where the decline begins because when I start talking, I can see the interest fade. Um, out of like, oh, you almost was good money to move on to the next next phase, but because I'm just kind of raw and honest about what it is and not not just saying that without any uh thought i say it with a lot of conviction i say it with thought and i have things that i can articulate very well as to why i'm in the position where i am now uh, i mean essentially my goal is to be as close to the truth as i possibly can within this existence and if the truth brings me back to jesus then so be it but right now i'm not even close to it you know what i mean so i guess in that relationship a lot of people talk about being equally yoked um and i've seen successful relationships where they've had different religious backgrounds or different religious beliefs whether it be seven day adventist um which some of the things some of the core things are similar but there are enough differences to where it can be an issue so seven day adventist and christian or muslim and christian and i've seen those relationships work despite the differences in belief however that's not as common as um i've seen it um or i've even seen to where god you know maybe more often than not it's the guy that doesn't really believe in something or believe in it fully and it's the woman that does and eventually through whatever trials and tribulations that have come along she has kind of led him to christ and led him to be you know i guess the better i've heard that story more often than not but I mean, as far as that part right now, it's just like it matters because I know that it would be a subject of conversation and it could be a, a point of contention uh, if we don't get that out the way up front because everything else can be great. But if you're trying to always invite me to your church, if you're trying to always uh, use, you know, whatever convictions to or even guilting me into getting into the church or condemnation it's not in the working and i'm the type of person to where if you try to make me do anything i become immediately rebellious and i'm not gonna like i'm six foot two 270 <laughs> pounds nobody can make me do anything so you know what i mean like um 
it it matters as much as it matters. It matters to me as much as it matters to the person that I'm seeing. I'll put it that way. All right. And great question from um, Keenan. Uh, and he, he first starts off by says, he says, do most women confuse most men when it comes to their motives, choices, actions in life and relationships? And then he also asks, are black pastors keeping uh, women single and lonely? So, <laughs> you want me yeah, so you uh-huh. you want me to answer? Yes. Okay, so I said the first answer already to that do most women confuse most men. I said jaded women confuse most men when it comes to their motives, choices, actions, and life and relationships. Um, healed people, whole people, um, responsible, healthy people don't confuse most men. You don't make other people responsible for the mistakes of your past. Um, broken people do that. Um, and our black pastors keeping women single and lonely. It's been so long since I've had a black pastor. I would say <laughs> broken women, bitter women keep themselves single and lonely. Again, it's all about doing the work in you first. You can't, okay. as an adult, you got to be responsible for yourself. Now, don't get me wrong. We are responsible to what the children and the widows and say nothing about the single women. Like you can have a singles ministry, but that's not what that is. That's not the black pastor's fault. Mm. Why do you think that he posed that question? I'm just curious. I think you must be on your old camera. No. You sure? Positive, because you can see my whole room, remember? We had a conversation oh. yesterday. Okay, okay. Gee. Uh, no, but um, why do you think he asked that question? And Keenan, please uh, you know, type in the... You're going to have to tell us, because, I mean, again, it's been a while since I've had a Black pastor. Um, the only one that I don't like at the moment is the one that stepped out on my friend. Hmm. Keenan, uh, give us more context to why you asked that. I don't think it's an isolation of black pastors because the 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 rhetoric is the same pretty much across the board, depending on I guess which denomination you're 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 under. Whether you're Episcopalian, whether you're uh, Apostolic, whether you're Baptist, whether like the rhetoric or the conversation is generally the same across the board in each denomination. So I don't think it's a exclusive to black pastors um that part it's not that was the point i was trying to make but you said it thank you (laughs) but i don't think anybody's keeping anybody women i guess the women single and lonely i think i agree with shannon as far as the jaded women or the ones that have become bitter and and um and that's really for either side men or women if you at a certain point become bitter or you become jaded then you don't really you're reluctant to begin a new relationship and a lot of times we often find i guess those that have been in tumultuous relationships we find ourselves afraid to start that process over again um Mm -hmm. i've been a victim of that you know or at a time to where i'm like i've spent so much time investing into this one person into this one relationship that i now the task of starting fresh is daunting because now i have to learn this person's idiosyncrasies now i have to learn this person's quirks i have to retell all of the stories that i told in the past about why i am the way that i am i now have to revisit these 
things that I thought that I was able to bury in the past, but now I got to go back and excavate all of this emotional trauma and this hurt and this pain and, you know, whatever the case may be. And it's like, once you consider all of those things, it's difficult to, to really be motivated or excited about starting a new process until you meet somebody and it's effortless. Um, and that's until that happens, you know what I mean? Which it, it, it does happen. You think it's impossible because I'm like, oh, I just love this person so much. I just gave a thousand percent of myself and I don't think I have any more to give. Until yeah. you meet the person that makes you want to give those things all over again. Like, okay, maybe you will actually appreciate the things, the time and the effort and the energy that I put into this relationship. Um, and yes, Angela, you said, that's why it's till death do his part. However, despite the saying within the church that God hates divorce, um, I think death doesn't necessarily always mean a physical death and that, like your life has left your body. Um, I think it just may be the end of the season, uh, the end of this particular relationship, the end of this connection, the end of uh, a time of an era. There is a death to that, but there's also a rebirth. Um, so... And Keenan's asked two questions since then. Um, he said, should black women choose Jesus over black men? And I'm going to answer that one in just a minute. Please do. And then he said, most people confide in the pastor and they will say you need God first before you find you a good man. Okay, so two things to that end. Um, <laughs> I believe in some structure and some leadership and some context. Um, I don't think necessarily that most women confide in their pastor as much as they confide in other women. Um, and everybody tends to give out either good advice or bad advice. It's what you choose to entertain. Um, because that would lead me to believe that if most of those women are following what they pastor is saying, they're gullible and they can't think on their own. Because just as God breaks wisdom to the pastor, he can break wisdom to that woman. Um, and in terms of black women choosing to choose Jesus over a black man, this is just for me and myself. I don't want a man loving me more than he loves Jesus. So if there's a choice in the matter, please choose Jesus over me because that's what the word says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. So I would come second to that. And I know if you in right relationship with God, then there's no confusion about being in right relationship with me. And I hope ain't no man asking me to choose him over Jesus. Because if that's the case, you're not the man for me. And if I may add on the adverse to that, <laughs> on the converse, um, yeah, I don't feel like that's, at one point I believed that or I was told to believe that. I'm like, at this point, no, I don't. Because do you love God? Like, I am a God here on this earth. I am made in the image. I am a reflection thereof. So do I, should you love this possibly fictitious man more than you love the physical person that's right here in front of you. I have a, I have a hard time with that at this point in life. And so, um, yeah, man, I think, but then it goes back to what Kente asked and what we end up leading to is where you have to be equally yoked. Shannon and I couldn't really be in a successful relationship because we obviously are on opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, 
Don't read that. I'm already reading it. What you mean? <laughs> it's already written. <laughs> it's already written. You know, that's why I said leave him in the square. You found him, girl. Don't pay him no attention. <laughs> but I'm saying, I mean, but it's real. This, this is real. And so it's like at one point I was um, even inoculated with <laughs> these ideas without proper context. And this isn't to say that I. Um, disown or say that the Bible or the teachings within the Christian church or most religions are wrong or uh, aren't correct. Um, I think the context in which for a lot of things have uh, that I've been taught has been skewed. It's been off. It's been for almost personal gain from who it's coming from as opposed to the understanding and so now it's like okay i take a lot of those things that i learned and even in the bible study to show thyself approved so i'm having my own relationship with the creator i study and read and digest the way that i need to for my own salvation or whatever you know you want to call it and so i mean that's just yeah, why i'm at. Yes, you, 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 for your own salvation, yeah. amen. Hallelujah. Even the Bible says, um, ye are gods. I am not the God. I'm not the creator, but it does say that. Do Lord you not know God. that ye are gods? Not worshiping no false idols. I'm not saying to idolize me, but that's also, I, I'm not, I'm going to leave, I'm going to table that because <laughs> we're going to get over to the deep end. But um, what other qualities must have broke? Why they gotta be broke? Why we got struggle love? <laughs> what other qualities must a broke man or woman have in order to be considered a worthy relationship or match? Okay, so I'm gonna say this. I believe in this wholeheartedly. We got to stop calling people broke. The, don't get me wrong. There are probably some people in between blessings right now. <laughs> Raise your hand, somebody. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but. But that is different for each individual person. Um, what I may be looking for may be different for other women in the chat. And so you have got to get you some susceptible things, non-negotiables, and don't be so shallow in your non-negotiable. Some people will tell you, oh, he got to be 6'5 and have six figures. And I'm like, sit down somewhere because you ain't looking that great yourself. So, you know, there's got to be something sustainable, something that is bigger than what meets the eye so for me personally yes a relationship with jesus works for me um someone with some integrity who is honorable um has a good sense of humor and has value for family those are things that to me are non-negotiable we could work on some other things like there are things that i'm just not gonna stress too hard about because they can be worked on two things in the lifestyle changes that i just won't deal with is someone who smokes and someone who's an alcoholic past issues with family i'm just not into that is dope dealing okay i don't know on what corner you hooking up with these people but i, <laughs> I will stay single no, dope dealing is not okay down and desperate Illegal. like not my life and you you attract your your vibe attracts your tribe. So if that's your lifestyle, is that's how you get down, that's your business. I am not judging you for it, but I'm not doing that. Like I I'm okay, I'm content, as Paul said in First Corinth, uh 
first Corinthians, excuse me, Philippians 4 and 13, I'm content. Like you, you can't get me to be that desperate that I'm just going to settle for anybody. Cause the way you live is the way you're going to lay it down. And I'm just not willing to deal with a dope dealer. Like that come with too many uncertainties for me. What if he goes to church? You still feeling the way at 57. So, so his homeboy's going to come up and shoot the church up because he missed out on a couple of things. He smoked all his product. No, I'm good. No, they ain't going to shoot up a church. What, what do you want? mean they ain't going to shoot up a church? We live in the 21st what century. Folks to shoot up churches. No, that, that was a That was a oh, joke. Okay. That was a bad joke. <laughs> Whatever. You ain't the arbiter. of. First of all, you saying you can't say broke. No, I said we have to that mentality. I was broke. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, you can call yourself that. You can speak that. Yeah, broke broke. Hey, man, it's levels to brokenness. You know what I mean? So, it is. I've been on all levels of brokenness. I, like, you know. I, I would just like to believe that uh, your blessing is on the horizon. You just got to yeah. be ready and open for it. I've, I've done the, the search to uh, the couch cushions. And Stephen, you're right. I meant for one, 11 through 13. That's my, those are my life verses. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. That's what it ends on, but it's not what I have to contend in whatever circumstance I am. There it is. So I remember somebody in our chat room one time, one time said, uh, broke people shouldn't date. Uh, oh, who was that? That was Stephanie. I need her. Yeah. So let, let me ask that question. Let me let me start off with you, Taylor. Uh, should broke people not date? Should if a guy ain't got no money, should he just work on getting his paper up before he should even ask a woman out? You asked me. You said Taylor. Yeah, I'm to be yeah. honest. To be honest, I, I'm not. I don't know. I'm not. I hope it don't seem like I share her perspective, but I definitely can rock with that. I okay. think so. If if you can't, it's it's not even about being broke. It's just that. You know, my issue with relationships is like people be having sex and they don't even call it sex. Like what makes a girlfriend a girlfriend? What makes a boyfriend your boyfriend? You understand what I'm saying? And it's like at the end of the day, your girlfriend is your girlfriend because you because you have a sex with her. You feel me? So my thing is. Mm-hmm. I think that when when we have sex, even though this this probably old and outdated because I know everybody uses condoms. Right. But I just feel like. When you having sex, it's like you playing with life. You need to be ready to deal with what comes from having sex. You see what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I think that if you broke, like it's not about how it looks or whatever, whatever. Like ser- like on on some real ish. If you broke, you you your family is gonna, you know, e- even in the scriptures it said, you know, I don't want to be so broke that I have to go rob. You know what I'm saying? But then again, I don't want to be so so rich that my blessings blind me. You know, yeah. so I I personally feel like if you can't afford to like have a family, if you broke, I don't think that you should be having sex. Period. So now I've been broke and I dated when I was broke. Uh, I figured it out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm not broke now. You know, so uh, but if you asked me then, I would have been like, hell yeah, of course. But now, you know, maybe I feel a little differently. So. I mean, you know, uh, you know, times be tough. That is, but doesn't mean you don't want to go out. You know, spend some time. You know, some time with a lady. No, no, with that, you know just don't poke her. That's fine. You and that's what. That's what. My thing is, you could date. You know, you can hang out. My thing is, if you if y'all hang out long enough, she'll realize I can't deal with this nigga. And or you might realize I can't deal with her. She, I, you know, what I'm saying like 
she broke it initially the first day oh she's so pretty oh she's so cool whatever whatever but just spend some time you know just kind of chill out so yeah date but don't have sex but in today's era and now today dating and sex is like it's the same thing so that's why i would say don't date because so you say so date but don't have sex when you broke like that's what i think that's well bro i mean Dang, I gotta let me wrap my head my <laughs> head around that one. Well, why are you wrapping your head around that? Uh he didn't ask another question. He said, Is it wrong for a man to want a woman to build him up in a relationship? Um, okay, well, uh Keeney, you just got all the questions. I keep them coming. Okay, so I and this is just me. Um I, I, I love being an anomaly in that conversation. Um, I don't think that broken people should try to be in a relationship. So in that regard, if you's, a, if you's in pieces, you need to go sit somewhere and get whole and find yourself some peace before you try to get in a relationship with somebody. Two, too many people in the 21st century when it comes to dating want somebody who is already put together and well-made. That is not common. Sometimes you got to get into the trenches with people and build your empire and build your legacy and build your dynasty with somebody and not judge them because they're not where you want them to be. If you are not willing to love somebody where they're at and grow with them and build with them, because that's a true test of love anyway. Like people say, I love you. Let's get married. You know, you have a capacity to love them. Your love ain't been tested yet. Um, once you can build some things with some people, then you on the right path. Don't be looking for people that's already put together. You know what, though? I'll, I'll say this about the broken and getting built up. There was a movie called Antoine Fisher. I don't yeah, know if you guys seen it. My yep. joint. Yeah. Good movie. Great movie based on a true story, if people don't know. And that guy was broken. He had went through some bad, terrible stuff. Stuff. And partly the way that he got his woman um, was partly the reason why he became whole. You know, it was through her love and support as well as, you know, him, you know, doing what he needed to do. So in that way, you if we went by the metric of you can't mess with somebody who's broken, then their relationship would have never been able to be where it's at. You know what I'm saying? Exception, Kente. That's an exception, not the rule. People can't look at movies, whether they're based on true facts or not. That's based on the life of one couple out of millions. So you cannot look at one person's story. That's the problem with dating now, because everybody is looking at Hollywood as their metric system on how they need to do life. You're looking at singular people who got together, whether on a whim, whether on a, a, a party or whatever, and they just happen to make it work for them. You cannot base what they're doing. They are not your goals. They are their own goals. You need to find your own path, do your own thing, put in your own work. And I think Steven is the one that said it, and I these have all kept going, so I don't know. But he said you should be um, willing to build with them, but you shouldn't be responsible for rebuilding them. That's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. People have got to be willing to do their own work because singleness is a reflection of who you are preparing for if you're going to get into something, whether it's a relationship, 
or whether it's marriage. So if you're a miserable, broken person as a single person, what is going to change you getting in something with somebody else? Again, what you just mentioned is an exception. It is not the rule. Look at the world we live in. There are too many people who aren't living that story. Now, the reason why I brought up that film was because if I bring up JoJo uh, around the corner, you don't know JoJo. So I had to bring up something that possibly the audience would have known. And, and the only reason why I would bring it up is because it was a true story. If it was a fictional story, I would have never brought it up. But is you're right. Those are the upset, uh, exceptions. I can't even say the word. Exception. Um, but what I'm saying is that I'm just going off of like that woman in this case only because we've seen it. That's why I'm using it. I could bring up JoJo, but I'm not. Um, is she saw something in him that made it worth it for her to invest that time into it. So what I was saying is, you know, maybe it is worth it sometimes to invest that kind of um, um, that into someone who's broken. Right. So not all broken people are made the same is what I'm saying. So there was something enough of this man's quality uh, character where she knew that she could, you know, invest, you know, that emotion that she did into him and it worked out now. So not all broken people are the same is what I'm was getting at. And I support that statement, but again, exception. I mean, I could take a thousand glasses, break them all on my floor and the probability of me not getting cut is decreasing by the moment when I try to pick it up. That's the same thing with people. You can find a thousand broken men or women for the men folk and the probability that you won't get damaged or cut up trying to heal them whole because her love is what you said helped him become a whole person. Everybody is not built for that life. That's why that's an exception. And there has to take a very um, extra extraordinary person to deal with that. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of people can walk into their purpose while being broken and a woman can come alongside them and be a part of their destiny. Yes, absolutely, men need support, but don't run the risk as a woman to try to build up a man who is broken on the strength that he's going to become whole. Because what happens if he doesn't? You stay in a relationship with a broken man and then what? You're in pieces too. And then y'all break up and go mess with other people and make them broken. We create these domino effects because we're waiting for somebody else to fix it. I'm not. I'm not willing to take that gamble. That's a risk that I'm just. I think it's only. I think it's a nuance now as far as the ideal of wholeness, because I feel like on average, the people are broken do not know that they're broken, and so you're continuing to perpetuate these broken relationships, and you're going to have broken men and broken women, and if we isolate it to the. I guess the black experience and as far as the single parent household, even on that, you can in your mind be as whole as you want to be. But there's still an absence of something that when it's challenged by somebody else's perspective or somebody's view that you don't, you don't realize until that point that you are in fact broken It's you know, you may be living your life like it's golden, but then like you're missing something. And then to me, that equates as far as um, as far as being broken. So that's all that we have to do. That part, 
I think there are some people that do know that they're broken though, because do. I mean, I've had enough groups where people have said, I know there's something wrong with me. I know that I need to do something about what's happening in my life. So there's both sides to that coin as well. You know that there are people that don't know, just like there are people, where we don't know the majority. I don't know the how many so I can't say that I know the majority. So I can't, I'm not gonna speak on that level. I'm just saying there are both people on the side of the coin, people who right. don't know and people who do know. And so what we can say is that if you are the whole person, cause this is coming off the statement that Kente made about Antoine Fisher and the woman who was seemingly whole so she knew he was broken. That's what we're mm -hmm. talking about. We're not talking about two broke pieces of glass who are content on cutting each other up. We talking about a whole person who dated a broken person. And so that's what I'm responding to. And I think that is a problem for me. And I said that for me. I can't talk about okay, the other I had a, I had a question. I had a question as far as the brokenness. So and it may be a two-part question as far as being broken and receiving love. Are you not supposed to receive love within that type of relationship until you are whole? And then I guess the second part to that question is, well, what does that say for the church? You are broken now coming to be loved whole. So if you can do that in there, why is it that you, is it a bad thing for you to do that in your interpersonal relationships? Sorry, I got distracted. So what do you need him to say again? All of it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. I was, reading, I'm I was reading the comments and then I got another comment and I'm like, I'm sorry. Sorry. That was I'm a good question. So let me see if I can paraphrase. <laughs> Shout out to uh, cranberry juice and this, uh, the drink of the night because my <laughs> mind is flowing right now. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but I was saying as far as, okay, if it was a two part question and the, the initial question was, should you be whole before you're actually able to receive love within that type of romantic relationship? And if that's the case, what does that say to where within the church or within religion that you're coming to, you are coming broken and being loved whole? So why is it that why is it good to do it in one or bad to do it in one and, and good to do it over here? I just think for me personally, based on the, the the stuff that I've been investigating for myself, I'm talking about marriage specifically. I don't want to enter into a marriage with a broken person. I'm just I'm because you already got to do work. We're already flawed human beings. So you coming with all this baggage. I mean, I'm I'm willing to unpack something. Don't get me wrong, because I didn't come perfect. I'm flawed myself. But I feel like I'm not going to be able to complete you. I'm here to compliment you. So I can't expect you to come into this situation and be something that I have to repair. You're supposed to be leading me, like, and we submitting to each other. So now I got to put you in the shop because you got work to do? No, that's, that's not going to work for me. What if he? Be, what if he? Gets, you, what if he becomes broken? What if he becomes broken during the relationship? That's like different. something major happens. That's so different. That that is so mm -hmm. far different. There, I mean, because he already has a foundation, and we said this yesterday on the podcast. Solid Rock is one of my favorite songs. You know, on Christ of Solid Rock, I saying all other ground is sinking sand. If he already has that foundation, and he is secure in that, 
like we can waver and stumble and you know get a you know off and as long as we have a focus that we need to get back to you can get broken bruised and all of it in the situation of life because life does happen some things they're depleting they just happen but i can't take you as a broken person first and be like okay let's do this man of god what where how why why would I go ahead, go ahead. myself to that so that brings me to a question because previously we talked about building a man up is that strictly is it exclusive say again that's different though is it I, and what I, to me it is like I, there's a difference between building someone up encouraging him supporting him i'm not trying to lead you to christ in a marriage or before we get married i'm not doing a missionary relationship i need you to be leading me like that's biblical for me like so i can't i can't wrap my mind around that now people do it mm -hmm. look at the divorce rate today look at relationships today thank you missionary relationship but i'm not doing that like i i, I find no value in it for me because i've tried to date people who were unstable in their relationship with the lord just dating when i didn't know no better when i was trying to pick them for myself and that just doesn't work it just is it's too high of a risk what's too high of a risk you picking your for yourself no the unstable oh, man with the unstable but in my in in my opinion in my humble opinion <laughs> um come on humble opinion broken man <laughs> <laughs> um i think that there's a degree of brokenness in every person absolutely you have to decide what you are willing to um i guess what is passable or what is palatable for you because there isn't a chance that whatever you see that is broken and what you're not necessarily agreeing with may never change. Um, and if that's okay with you, then you can move forward. But if it's not, because there have been, I mean, just like you said, there have been relationships or interactions that I've been in to where I've seen something immediately because it doesn't take long. Hindsight is twenty twenty, but when it's right in your face, I don't know what that is, but it's, it's closer. <laughs> um, yeah. And to where I have to make an immediate decision to where, you know, this is not something I want to, I'm ready or I'm prepared at this stage in life to, uh, to handle or to deal with. So, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much the end of that point. Um, and I think that comes with your, and I'll let you, I'm sorry, I can't say, I think that comes with what your negotiables and non-negotiables right, are. Right. And everybody's just different. Yeah. Like, people was cool with people who smoke and drink i'm not like some people could care less about what you do with jesus <laughs> you know, so at the end of the day what works for you works for you what works for me works for me and if it don't i'm still content with being like i'm content being single because i'm not about to entertain no riffraff i'm just not yes if you feel like I shot you, yeah, look, you did. <laughs> I shot the shit. This might sound shitty what I'm about to say, but can it be that some people, like they were meant to be the thing that got them unbroke whole, but not necessarily be with that person? Like, 
Like, like, they're like they're a martyr so like, for that love. They're a martyr for that person, pretty much. Like, I mean, you know, like maybe it's like if you ever had a, a friend who was down on their luck stay with you for a month or so, and you know, you you know, and then maybe you helped them out, and then they were able to, you know, maybe they were down on their luck, and then they got on their feet and they actually did great things. And maybe you guys are not even friends anymore, you know, cause not everybody's meant to be in your life right. forever. So maybe I was supposed to give him that place to live for three weeks or three months or whatever. So maybe, maybe, maybe some people are meant to be that, that partner in that space of time to help that person move on. I know it sucks, right? Cause you're not going to get any of the benefit of it, it. but uh, maybe, maybe that was God's plan. You know what? In the spirit of the sermon is real. So that might work for Jojo and them, but that ain't <laughs> in the middle. I got, right so I'm going to be in somebody's season and reason, non-intimate partner. We not going to be in a relationship. You'll be my partner in the good spirit of, oh, you need my help. You need my guidance. I got you. No, you can't borrow $500. They got small business loans for that. Um, But I got you. Like, I'll pray with you. I'll encourage you. I'll walk this walk with you. But you're not about to get in my ATM. I don't know nothing about that. So Look at Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade is a great example. He was with his first uh, wife. And up until a certain point, he became famous basketball player. He left her, and now he's with Gabrielle Union. Maybe example. that first wife was just not, not, a, not a good example. <laughs> that's a great example. Maybe that's what was her purpose. Her purpose was about exceptions. Like I, I, I hate that <laughs> example, and I hate examples like that because same when people Hart, divorce, yeah, same people like I'm not not gonna divorce their wives and go a uh, step up two steps down whatever they do that's their business but that's a to me maybe it's a good example to you but it's a poor example of doing life right like because that does not happen to everybody everybody can't be a Dwayne Wade in a Gabrielle Union nor does everybody want to be like they're not my goals. But does it not happen? Because I feel like every relationship preceding the successful relationship was that bridge over turbo water. Like you are in this relationship and it was unsuccessful. And whether it ended amicably or it ended uh terribly, this was a situation that you learned from, and now you've either learned more about yourself, learn more about what it is you want or don't want, what you will or will not tolerate or accept. And then you can move on and kind of hone in what it is that exactly that you desire. And you've gotten rid of those things that you superficially wanted. Um, the list that, you know, a lot of people have, oh, they got to be this height, this size, this, 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 this. I, I have this list. But then when I start to get those things, I realize this is not what I actually need. This is what I, my mind is telling me, my flesh is telling me I want, but at this point now, those things that I wanted um, or that I thought I wanted in this person that I did not receive. But sometimes we make things work. Like, and I'm not saying that God didn't ordain Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade. But the thing is how you got them, how you keep them. Like, and who he <laughs> is as a character person is real. Like, I mean, and don't get me wrong. I bumped into him at a school. So there's nothing wrong with him on the appearance of However, we don't know him in real life. We don't. 
And it's like we don't know her in real life. Shout out know? to Steph. She's in the building. What's up, Steph? But what I'm saying is, is that he stepped out on Gabrielle Union. I mean, we can walk down the list of people who have stayed in relationships. I mean, Jay-Z be, uh, treated, cheated on Beyonce. Holly Berry can't keep a man faithful and honest. She'd been married way too many times. Like, there is nothing about the person that's going to keep him a, a dog faithful. Like, let's just put that out there. So, the exception is- that people trying to follow, and it should not be the rule. That should not be your model. If they are your model, go take a nap. Play and track. No, okay. What, no, what I was really getting at, what I was really getting at, I'll put it like this. <laughs> Oh, JoJo, right? We keep using this guy, JoJo. JoJo is dating you, Shannon. No, we right? not, because JoJo on a lot. <laughs> and JoJo, JoJo is a piss poor boyfriend, he right? My sister. He's, he's, no, my sister can't date JoJo. So, so why are you going to me? <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a piss poor boyfriend. He cheats on you. He does you wrong. You know. You- but then he loses you, right? He loses you because you can't take his crap no more. Then he realizes, you know what? I, I got to be a better man. So then he hooks up with Danny, and then he treats her wonderfully, beautifully, he, he, all of that. He learned from he treated you poorly. Like, that experience with you, he realized it made him a better man. So maybe that was your function was supposed to be, you know, maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's you ever think about it like that? Yes. And you know what? It is 2019. I am not raising a man for another woman. Sorry, <laughs> not doing it. Not happening. This is God's plan. Like, no. This is God's plan. Now, Danny got a good man. Okay, and I, you know what? And I applaud JoJo getting his stuff together, got his teeth fixed, got his credit up, got him a real legit job, paid all his child support on time. But you are not in my life with all that shade and then gonna go do right by another woman because of what? Because I was my reason and season for him? Brother, I can help you be a good man without being your woman. That's called a friendship. <laughs> I will water with you. It happens though, right? You, you need to, nah, nah. Listen, you have to be secure in yourself. That is the thing about women who are lonely and jaded or bitter and just need to be with somebody and men do it too. So I'm not blaming it on women. Think you don't think be about with somebody it. Lady, to prove you need to be with somebody. I'm not gonna be with a JoJo. JoJo can go blow somewhere else. Think, think about it, ladies. You probably died on the cross for another woman to get a better man. <laughs> so you took all the the swings and arrows. with you. You're not my favorite co-host anymore after the night. Hey, man, don't get it twisted. Let's let's do the adverse of that. It's I myself have done it, and there's plenty of men who have also died on the cross for another man to get a better woman. Because well, there you go. I'm not doing that, regardless, man or woman. And Anthony, you shouldn't have to do that either. Don't do it no more. Oh, no, no, I ain't Say doing it no more. Like it's not doing that no Because it's like the the the, the conflict is. When you mentioned earlier, like people's love hadn't been tested, and so it's like, well, where is the line between the testing of my love and foolishness? And sometimes that line can become a little blurry. It's a little, it's a little gray. Like I don't know if I'm stupid or I'm choosing to love this person. You know what I mean? Um, And then I got up out of that. Because it was something that was undeniable, very significant, that once I, you know, 
for this specifically. When I, once I told her, I feel like you don't really give that much of a fuck about me. And then she replied with nothing. She didn't say anything. And we're like, well, now at this point, if I continue, then I know I'm done as a motherfucker. That's kind of. I just thought about that's kind of suck though. Like you were with somebody, they cheated on you, they did all this stuff, and then y'all break up, and then they get with somebody else, and they're like so loving and all of that kind of stuff. I I hear that a lot. Like I know this girl; she was with a guy for like eight years, and he never would marry her or anything like that. And then she finally she finally just broke up with him, and then she he meets a woman, and like three months later they get married, and you know he's this different cat. So I mean, you know, that's like getting the milk for free, and she was making him real comfortable, and he enjoyed that comfortability, oh, was and she wasn't requiring nothing of him. I feel like we like to run to that example. I don't think that's necessarily always the case, but I that's feel- a lot of times the case. Not saying everybody's a catch-off for that. Now I agree, but a lot of times that's what happens. Like women will say. I was, you know, I was cooking and cleaning, washing and and men do it too. Like there are some men that will give a woman the world and she'll run all over them and go swoop in to somebody else. Like, I don't want to do right by you. I'm not going to do right by you. Like I, we not raising people for other people no more. I'm that count done, finish, turned in hat, t-shirt. I think about it though. I'm over that. Because of you, this other woman is living a good life. And you know what? I, you, I will give him a card that says, come to church with me on Sunday and you can get all that you need from Jesus because you're not getting it from me, okay? Honestly, I don't even think it's because of... I think maybe there may be some responsibility or some accolades that could be given to the previous, but I think it's the present the one that is the one, that is the actual motivator. Once you, for I think for a lot of men, once you meet a woman that uh, enthralls you to step to that next level that's what the deciding or that's the catalyst instead of the previous relationship where i just wasn't doing the right shit you know what i'm saying um, yeah. yeah because we mean women so, like you um, do at a certain age in life or a certain time of life you do women you know or women to do men however you see that you want to you want to use and abuse them whatever the case is until you meet that person that makes you, oh, I don't want to do it. I can't do this to you. They they require more of you than the previous ones did. Um, and I think it's them that, uh, and it's also, I think, a timing thing. Once you're maybe a level of maturity or your mind is like, you know what? This is not the type of person that I want to be. This is not the type of uh, energy that I want to have around me. I'm, It's draining. It's toxic. It's insidious you know it's all these other things it's like you know i want to be something different or somebody different so um that's how it gets down let me let me ask uh you the fellas this because uh shannon well this will be more for you guys um i know you've been married for quite a while taylor so we'll, we'll go back to the back in the day when you weren't married um when you date or go, go out with women I mean, like you're really dating, not just a hookup. Um, do you do all women get the same treatment from you? Like, is it is it a baseline the same, or some women you treat way better than others? Like, you know, one get Chipotle, the other one get Shea Whitey's. The problem is, man, I've been married so long, I don't really remember myself before I was married. I got married when I was 18, by the way, also. So oh, wow. Oh, yeah. So the thing is, 
I would say this. Um, I just I think that it's about like chemistry. You know what I'm saying? I think that you you can be with with one person and they just want to inspire you that way. You know what I'm saying? And I, I think I just think that's what it boils down to. You know. Uh, but ask, ask the question mm-hmm. again. I'm sorry. Yeah. Do uh, do you? Is it? You have a baseline. Oh, everybody gets treated okay. the same way. I I used to think that there was a baseline. I used to think that, but life experience showed me that, or it has me believing that it depends on the chemistry. It depends on the person. You know what I mean? Like you, you would think like there's things that I've done with my wife and to my wife that I just never thought that I would have done to any woman. You know, I I just never thought that I would have did that. You know, and then there's been other women where, you know, like the way that I treat them like a wife, you know what I'm saying? I just, I think that it depends on that person. I think you, that we just got to pay attention to that connection, to be honest. Uh, Steph has a, a great thing about men putting women in boxes. Um, do you, do you find yourself doing that? Maybe not even consciously, maybe subconsciously, or do you treat women pretty much the same across the board? Well, Free. Or go ahead. You go. No, I've just see. I'm. I'm. I've recently experienced something that's kind of like changing the way I see all of that. You know what I'm saying? I think that I did used to put women in a box. I I remember for years I heard the phrase that men objectify pussy. You know what I'm saying? Or men objectify women. I never really understood that. You know, I never really thought about it until I met a woman that I didn't objectify. You feel me? So, Mm -hmm. yeah. What about you, Free? Um, let me go back to the first question. If we're going on a date, honestly, man, I treat everybody the same. So I'm not taking it somebody to McDonald's and then taking it somebody to Chipotle or Roos Chris or whatever. Like, if that's where we at, like, regardless of if we are going to go on a date, if I'm going to spend money on you, then I've already decided that you're worth me spending my money and it'll be on I mean, it's more be more so based on you know what you like or don't like as opposed to you know my value of you um mm-hmm. now the last question can you ask the last question again uh do you put women in boxes like oh she's a she's this you know she's you know the phrase you always hear is she the kind that you can take home to mom type you know or you know she's something else um not immediately. I was going to say no, I don't at all, but I, I would say I allow you to tell me who you are. I allow you to mm. demonstrate to me who it is that you are and how I should, you know, kind of interact with you and whether or not I should or should not interact with you. Um, you know, I mean, for whoever it is that I meet. So I don't think. Uh, I think maybe at one point I did, but because. That was, a, I would say that was a very young age because my mother raised me and I grew up around a lot of women and things of that nature that reshaped my potential thinking as far as maybe the standard, oh yeah, she got this going on. Oh yeah, she a freak or she a this, or she a woo woo, whatever the case is. Um, there aren't, with people in general, there aren't that many hard lines and a lot of personalities are fluid. And just because there are some similar traits from that you've encountered before does not make them the same as, you know, a previous encounter and so on and so forth. So uh, it's friend, girlfriend, wife. (laughs) 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 Um, 
second. That's why I was, I was, I'm, I was getting to you, Shannon. Actually, actually, you can go from fuck buddy to a wife. It depends because at the point of a, if we're going to put them in boxes, at the point of a fuck buddy, my most, my concentration is the quality of sex. And if the sex is good and it's available whenever I need it to be available, then there's that. But at the point where, because there have been relationships, well, maybe not in a wife, because I've only been married one time. um, And that wasn't necessarily the case with that, that particular woman. But at the point where, we were cool enough to decide that we want to fuck regularly. But then we decide that, or we figure out that there are interesting things about each other. Then it's like, oh, okay, well now I can see you. You're actually cool. I can talk to you a little bit more. I can confide in you. I can, you know what I mean? Be a little bit more vulnerable than I anticipated being because all I initially wanted was just a physical encounter. But at this point, now we can go from cut buddies to oh man we can actually be in a relationship because i really like the person that you are um and maybe i'm not normal i guess that's what it's so <laughs> that's it that's it yeah i don't subscribe to all of that i just don't you don't put, you don't put men in boxes no I, I i had a wonderful teacher vernon bernard jefferson taught me not to because people did it to him he was my father i loved his dirty draws mm. I learned to look at everybody for who they were and not for what I wanted them to be. And I decided at that point if that's something I wanted to be involved in. Shout out to my dad. But I think that you do put everybody in a box to a certain degree. I'm not talking about you specifically. Oh, I know. Like, um, now there's the box what? that you have at first, at first glance, right? You have to make a snap decision on how you're gonna um, deal with them, whether it's romantic or or whatever. Um, and then there's the box after you've had some encounters with them. You know, you be like, you might be like, this is crazy box, crazy box. You know what I'm saying? Or you might be like, you you know. So, and to a certain degree, we do put people in boxes. Uh, you know, and that does reflect in. How we deal with people on a romantic level too, though. Like, I mean, there's gonna be a box. But she uses the topic lines to describe men and what they put women in. I was like, that's putting them in a box, just like she said they put us in a box. Mm-hmm. I don't do. I mean, I'm not looking for no f buddy anyway, so that's not my line of work. But I get what you're saying. Like, we put I mean, categories. You would do boxes. You would do friend zone. You would do friend zone, and then you would do potential mate. That's a box. No, I don't look at people like that. Cause I don't, I don't really have like you know that's not really my storyline. Like there are too many people checking for me like that, so well, I, I don't have too many people. But no, what I'm saying is, is I get what he's saying. I'm not arguing that. What I'm, but what he just said, that's I don't. That's too. That, that's that's not enough options. Like if you're gonna box them, you might as well. Because everybody's not either or. That's like black or white. That's too. That's okay, too. friend zone, uh, potential mate, or get this nigga the fuck out of here. That's three. You need more than that. Three. Words. I just look at people for the core of who they are as a person, and that determines who they're going to be in my life in terms of can we develop an authentic relationship that has nothing to do with romance which has nothing to do with intimacy. Like, 
I need to be friends with people before I even determine if it's going to be intimate. Like, cause to me getting to know somebody and being authentic and transparent and vulnerable is a level of intimacy. Um, and I ain't having sex with just any old Joe blow. So, you know, that's not happening. I'm celibate for a reason. Um, so I'm also dating with a purpose and not too many people after they hear I'm celibate is trying to check for me anyway. They're like, Oh, no, no thanks. All right. See you later. Bye. So, I get put in a box before I put people in a box. I'll say that. So, now, that uh, is the truth. Stephanie is saying we are y'all operating on these higher vibrations, but most people ain't that elevated. <laughs> I can only keep it myself. Uh, y'all the point and I and I will. No, I, I think I, 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 that's funny. Uh, everybody is a yes or no decision uh, free. It just happened to be in the no section a lot. Oh wow, that's interesting. <laughs> Y'all operating on iron, but that is hilarious. I, I, I do feel like though. I do feel like sometimes when we do this show, people do be like, I'm like, they do be acting like they on higher vibrations than they probably really are. But, um, but uh, not this panel, but uh, other. Like I, I don't uh, know kind of way. But um, no, but I mean. You know, we can we can argue about. Um, I mean, I think it's a natural thing to. Uh, I mean, it's probably a bad natural thing, but you know, if somebody walking up on you, you're gonna you're gonna have to make a decision. Like, okay, what you know, what's the next course of action, right? You know, is is it a friend or a foe, possibly? So, I mean, it also depends on context. Are they walking up on me at the store, or are they walking up on me in the back of the alley? First of all, let's talk about <laughs> life. <laughs> I live, okay, I live right next door. Like my alley is right there. That's what I'm saying. Like it's so I'm in the alley. I'm in the alley a lot. So my grandparents' backyard is to an alley. So that's why yeah. I'm asking. It depends on context. Because if I'm at the grocery store and somebody is asking me, "Do you need help with something?" and they coming from behind me. I mean, I'm going to sense that somebody's in my in my space anyway. Like so, but it depends on where I'm at and what response you get. But I always <laughs> keep it alert. I, I try to. No, when you kicking it with the representative, that's a great I'm, one. I'm sure I'm <laughs> Look, I'm let the I know some of these people are really good. Uh, I'm sorry, representative. Oh, okay. It's like. It's like some people will will mis uh, portray themselves. They'll, you know, they'll seem like they're the good, kind-hearted person, the guy that you know says everything that they're supposed to do, but they really not that cat. They, you know, they really got evil intentions, or, or you know, are they, or, you know, just lying about who they are? Sometimes so, you don't know. Yeah. Some people actually get married to representatives. So that's a case by case. I mean, you hopefully you doing the work. But some people are so good at being who they're not because that's all they've ever been that they don't even know themselves. Mm-hmm. And so when they finally get comfortable enough to take off that mask, you like, dude. Or she said she will are so infatuated with the idea of being married that they see the actual person and don't care because they just want to reach the finish line of being. And they put a mask on themselves. Yeah. It's real. It is absolutely real. That's why I'm single. Because it's like, yo, you've been through that. But you mean, that's why it goes to hindsight of 20. You've seen that. All this other stuff, but you were just so tied to the idea of, oh, we're going to get married and we're going to be just happily ever after. Okay. Oh, I'm going to have my wedding. You're so focused on the wedding as a finish line as opposed to the marriage as a journey. 
Um, See, so that, that's why I'm a jerk from the beginning. So <laughs> it might be surprising later when uh, you realize how jerky I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, you know, and it's funny though. This is the craziest thing: is I feel like you don't have to lie. Like I think guys lie too yeah. much. Like when they don't have to. Like you really don't have to lie. I like just that. had this conversation yeah. earlier today. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And yeah, it's like um, it's real. Yeah, it's like a lot of times if you just tell the truth, you get what you want. Believe it. And I think there's a difference between expectations or standards and misplaced expectations. Keenan's question is the expectations you have for someone else are directly related to what you think you deserve. I think that a lot of times we get into these relationships or these conversations and we already have misplaced expectations for people instead of being neutral and getting to just know the person. Because if you get to know them without these misplaced expectations, you won't do what Free said put a mask on them when you see the real person. You won't be living in fantasy land when they say, I just want to smash, and you already putting your first name and their last name together. That was Danny that said that. Like, just by the, by the way. Check it all out. Like, we not doing it. Like, and I'm just, I, I mean, I don't mean I'm anomaly. There's a lot of people living this life, but I'm not entertaining a whole bunch of boo-boo garbage. Like, I'm going to listen to you talk. I'm going to ask you some questions. And I'm going to determine if I want to keep talking to you. And if I don't, I mean, I'm going to wish you well. I still want the best for everybody, even if the best ain't me for you or you for me. Bye. Boo-boo garbage? That's what I said. Boo-boo garbage. <laughs> is that a uh, is that an Omaha thing? Arizona. <laughs> it's the, I ain't. Oh, man, that's funny. A whole lot of boo-boo garbage. Look, not only who sent you, Danny, but who raised you. Yo, I've been asking that question here recently about people, <laughs> certain people in general. Who I'm out feeling, I'm out here feeling like TK Kirkland. Who raised you? <laughs> like, um, and it's people out here that just ain't raised right. Like, you have absolutely yeah. no common courtesy, common decency, no home training. You have no human decency. Like, what are you doing on this earth? You are. And have no boundaries. You are a <laughs> nuisance and a waste of space. Yeah. I mean, there's some cats who who do stuff that I would have never in my mind I think of doing, and they just you know that's how they get down. You know, I think there's a whole lot of people though that are walking around that seriously need the answer. Oh my god, and it just hasn't happened yet. And you may, you know what? That's why. Like that's why pent up aggression issues. You always talking about somebody needing both. No, no, man. This have you ever met a cat that just you know you realize they just never had their ass whooped. Like they need that. Like it would make them better. I can't even. I can't even lie to you. I've been itching to tackle somebody for like the last (laughs) month. I want to run somebody over like a middle linebacker. Like I am <laughs> looking hey, <Marissa>. for <laughs> the opportunity. Yeah. I, oh, Mike, too. No, I mean, look, I'm not saying I'm looking out to to beat somebody down, but I've come across people. I'm who, looking to beat. You know that's what their issue is. You know what their issue is. They need they need their ass whooped. They never really got it. They never really got they come up. So what 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 indicates and, to you when a person needs their ass whooped? What's the indication? 
they just have this, you know, this thing where they've gotten away with a lot of fuck shit, you know, and they've never really had, they never paid the consequences for it. Like there was a time back in the day where you just didn't do certain things because like, I think a lot of it too is this, the kind of culture we live in now. Like there was things where you wouldn't, you wouldn't do certain things because you know, you could get touched. Right. So now it's, you can do things in the dark, you know, you can do things in secret, you know, on the internet, you know, internet tough guy, you know, and um, bitch like, right, right. So some of these people, they don't, although they're not as bold as they are online, they kind of have, you know, cause they never been really touched. And uh, back in the day, people got touched. You know that, right? People got touched back Shout in the day. Shout out to Omarion. So, nobody <laughs> doing so, You know, so, and then, you know, but uh, yeah, it's a, you know, like I said, I, I'm, I'm not sitting there advocating. Yeah, right. I'm not going to say that line. I am kind of, but, um, you know, that's just what it is. He and, didn't ask another question. I'm sorry, go ahead. He asked um, about being overly involved in your partner's problems. Um, hmm. Are we talking about somebody that you just met and y'all been dating for a couple of months, a couple of years, or somebody you married to? Because there's a difference. There's layers of how involved like, you are. You, are you talking about financial, uh, personal, right. being? There's, there's layers. Like, like if you're... Your we your girl. Today. I'm not about to pay your car note in your house note. I'm not doing it. Oh, you talking about that? Yeah. Well, I mean, um, uh, you have school loans, right? Yes, and I wish somebody would pay them. Besides, <laughs> okay. Well, what if your husband is like, is, is your husband's like, you know what, girl? Let me get my magic wand. But see, the key word there was husband. He said partner. That's why I need clarification because there's okay. a difference. Somebody that you have decided to join and be one with and live this thing called life with. So y'all literally is willing to bear each other's burdens, like legitly. Like that's what y'all said when y'all decided to join that thing. Um, but you just my boyfriend? No. I told you I ain't gonna be nobody ATM, not like that. Like I I pay my own student loan, but I mean, now listen. Nobody look. Mm. You told me you was gonna be my manager and we was gonna get this thing paid off. So just let me know when you show up. She says I can't be with I can't be one with nobody. What does she mean by that? Can't be one with nobody. I mean, she can type it in the chat. She is here. What does it mean to be one? What do you mean by that? What you mean you can't be uh you need multiple um people? You mean (laughs) I, I think she means like a, a unit. I think. Oh, you know what? Uh, that was the issue with that was the issue that I came across in my marriage as far as the difference in ideals, as far as becoming one flesh. And my idea of yeah, we are you know I guess a unit, but we are still individuals within this unit. Like unit. we don't have to move in such synchronicity to where you're doing we're doing everything that the other person is doing i still have my self-identity you still have yours and we are living our individual lives together um this ain't no literal hacky sack yeah we talking about we're not siamese twins to where every move made 
if if you if you can when you hear when two becomes one flesh think of having a child if you can i'm trying to listen man it's i'm gonna say this right <clears throat> I, i'm holding back a lot because i don't want to turn this into no no i don't want to try to turn this into no no god talk you understand what i'm saying but anyway yeah two becoming one flesh think of a child think of a man and woman coming together and having a baby consider it mm-hmm. <clears throat> i don't believe yeah, don't it. Hold back. you ain't gotta sit quiet man i'm here for all of it I'm, I'm, we with it I'm, I'm yeah, here man. trying to drop the knowledge. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing you on the Periscope, man. So, yeah, that's why I wanted you on because you always uh, be coming with it, man. Uh, what women get wrong about relationships? And I think it's men and women. What do people get wrong about relationships? Um, again, let's start with those misplaced expectations. Let's talk about what are they coming into the relationship as? You know, are you really looking at somebody to complete you or are you looking at people to compliment you? Because therein lies the problem and sometimes the difference. People, if they know what they want and they're actually applying that literally with their actions. Um, and I heard you, but we're not going to just talk about women unless we're talking about you and your relationship. <laughs> if I, that's why it's the Mars and Venus show. Um, we're gonna talk about people because well, I don't I, like to single people out. Like, I do that the same when women bash men, you're not gonna do that with me because we're gonna talk about people. There are dysfunctional people, whether men or women, there are women and men make bad decisions in relationships. We're not just gonna single out one group, and within our community, we need to stop doing that. I, so, I, I, you got agree, another- I agree with that statement though that <clears throat> that is people, but just um when it comes to what women do wrong right and and not to single out because we like we you know we know that men have their big problem too you know big problems too but i think that women don't really know how to respect a man that's what i think it is generally and at the same token i think that men don't know how to love women and it's like those two things battle it goes you know it goes hand in hand the one the man will be acting or being a certain way because the woman is not respecting or reverencing him not saying to reverence him as god but respect this man as your husband and then the man is not getting that respect and then in turn his 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 love to his wife it is not like what she would like it to be or what it would be but there goes the point taylor that's your point respect him as your husband and love her as your wife Mm -hmm. we talking about people we talking about people who just in a relationship and getting it on they do but how do you but how do you get to that point where you get married though it, i mean you got to date first yeah but that's that's why i said people start with misplaced expectations and they don't have their boundaries in order like you got to know what you're getting into what you expecting from this relationship you got to do some thank you marissa you got to do the front end work like you've got to know who you are what you value, what you worth before you get into a relationship with somebody who may not understand it for themselves and discount you on purpose because they don't know no better. Like, and then you be asking questions like who raised you and who sent you. If y'all not equally minded and not just equally yoked, because there's people that don't believe in God. And so they get into relationships with these core principles, integrity, you know, a love for family, um, good work ethic, and that works for them. 
But if you don't set those boundaries and those expectations, not misplaced, but just some sound doctrine for your relationship and doing a right relationship, your what you put into it is what you're gonna get out of it in essence. So people aren't doing the work, both men and women. I blame my ancestors, our predecessors. Elaborate. You've been dating for 10 years, is getting married. Who been dating for 10 years? The same person? <laughs> I say I blame my predecessors because I, I feel like they aren't passing down the knowledge on what it actually takes to be married. A lot of the conversation seems to be on what to how to get to the wedding, but not how to sustain a marriage. Not what it actually like, can you say that part again? Um <laughs> like I feel like a lot of the information is on how to get to the wedding, on things you should do on what type of man or woman you should be but not how to actually be a husband and how to be how to be a wife um and Come on, sir. it's been situations the way i've you know interacted with women that were ready or perceived that they were ready to be a wife but in actuality i'm like you know you don't really understand what being a wife is and i think that goes both on both ways maybe there are people that don't understand women that don't understand what it means i guess as far as a husband to be a husband and a wife to be a wife to the point that what Taylor was saying as far as how to like as far as respecting the man and also how to love the wife. I mean, I know the Bible says uh, to love your wife as uh, um, as no, Christ loves the church. Yeah, as Christ loves the church. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as far as what it actually, there aren't enough conversations even now to well, some of my issues that I've taken within the church. There are singles ministries, but they don't talk about. It's almost like a high school dance where they got all it's, it's almost always the men are all on one side and the women are all on the other. And the conversation is not how to coexist. It's all about refraining from things, but not how we're supposed to coexist and move and interact with one another. And so while you spent all of this time as a single um, and supposedly learning how to be single and how to. Uh, refrain from the desires of the flesh and these things. It's like, okay, well, now once we get to the point where that makes the energy towards, okay, well, now you got to hurry up and get married. There's so much pressure on, yeah, so you get married so you won't be in sin. But then what does that mean as far as the actual marriage? I'm not in sin no more technically because I've now, under the eyes of God, become married and become one flesh in the union. But now I'm supposed to do what? And where's the conversation for that? Where is the actual, you know, I guess input or the um the edification advice. for marriage mm-hmm. until and it almost seems like it's not until there's an issue to where there is infidelity or there is disrespect or there is whatever the case is. Now we want to come in and try to patch up. But one thing that my mother always says to me, has always said to me, is prevention is better than the cure. So if you talk to people how to actually be married, it's better instead of this ambiguous oh, you just got to talk about it. You got to just work through it. You got to pray about it. Well, I mean, it's, those things are cool and those things may be true. But there's some actual groundwork that you have to actually do. And I think a lot of those, uh, it just, it's just, it's inadequate. Can I ask you a question? There's a thing that we often hear called someone is marriage material, whether it's a male or female. Is that a real thing? And if it is, what makes someone marriage material? It's a real thing Taylor? as far as oh yeah, no matter of fact, yeah, go ahead, Taylor. Handle your business, brother. Uh, see, look, 
I just okay. Experience. The 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 the, I have a hard time having these types of conversations because the terms. It's like I I don't in my mind I'm I don't understand the terms the way that they come out. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So it's like mm-hmm. when it comes to marriage, like all together, you know, it's like most of the time we thinking wedding, wedding bells, so on and so forth. You know what I'm saying? But it's like I just understand marriage to be something. It like it's it's not necessarily that. You know what I'm saying? So when you say like say ask say make the statement that you made again. What was the question that you said again? I, I was saying is is that a real thing uh, that someone is marriage material? And if it is. What makes somebody marriage what, material? Or what not? comes to mind for me is, uh, yeah, everybody's not marriage material, but that's deemed so by God. You understand? Mm-hmm. Because like, most 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 people, mo- most people see marriage as like you know, like I said, wedding bells or whatever. But marriage has more to do with the union of sex than anything. You get what I'm saying? So it's like mm-hmm. some people are born eunuchs. Some people just don't have a sexual drive, or maybe they have some kind of deficiency or some kind of disability in that area or whatever and they just naturally don't do that i've met a few a few of them. it's very few you know what i'm saying i've met two people that was like that you know but that's not something that a person deemed so when i think marriage i'm thinking sex so yeah you understand what i'm saying now what people are saying like marriage material i think it's a it's a different it it it, it, it goes into a different arena you understand it's it, it's more so marriage being used for our purpose rather than it having a purpose you see like marriage is going to fulfill me in this way or that's just something that i want to do versus something happening that that sustains life because a man and woman coming together that's how we got here that's like how life goes on and on and on and on you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. no so, i hear you i hear you um no who, who, i forgot was it free or shannon that wanted to I think it was Shannon. Shannon. No, Shannon wasn't gonna say nothing. Shannon okay. has talked too much. No, no, you have not talked enough. No, so- I was just saying I agree with him when he said that it's determined by God whether or not your marriage mother. I just typed that to Steph. Um, but I also think marriage is purpose-minded, like you know, right relationship because marriage is not a societal doctrine, it's God's doctrine. So there's a purpose in that marriage if God it, has put it together. It it depends um, on what you're saying marriage is, though, to say that marriage is is God's doctrine, not man's doctrine. Because man has marriage and then God has marriage, and it's like it's too it looks different. They're not the same. You know. How it was created. Okay, I tell, me. I tell you what, what what happened at the wedding between Adam and Eve? How did their wedding go? What wedding? Exactly. You understand? Eve not what, what, what God referred to Eve as his wife and Adam as her husband. Correct. What was the wedding? You understand? Her. So yeah. That was a marriage. Mm-hmm. It looks different. That's I, I get what you're saying. That's semantics. But what I'm saying is the institution of marriage was not created by man, it was created by God. But what is the institution That's of what marriage? I'm, what what is the institution of marriage? If that's not a ridiculous question, what is it? What is this thing that man has put? What well, what is it? Or is God inst- God instituted marriage? So what does that look like? Or what is the marriage that God instituted? <laughs> <Why are you laughs> I think it's a- no, <laughs> I was like, why are you laughing? 
What Taylor said is not funny. Never thought about it like that. Sending her children out of wedlock because God said he went into her and he knew her. Yeah. Like, like I'm saying, God called her, God called Eve his wife. God said that. But I'm saying, I was saying, where was the wedding in, in response to? Middle East but, but I'm not talking about a wedding. And I think that's what we were talking about earlier when Free said that a lot of people are ready for a wedding, but they are not ready for a marriage. Like everybody gets ready for a day. They spend hundreds of thousands of dollars and go into debt over this one day and they still got their whole life of a marriage to prepare for. Like that's work. There, there's there's a lot of things that are involved in what a marriage should be. And it's not people get over that oversight because all they're looking for is this one day. And it's like, so you only gonna be married for that one day? Because you still got a whole lot of time after that to live out this thing called I do. These vows that you spoke in front of all these people. Like, I, I and that's what I mean. That's a societal pool. We spend all this money to celebrate with our friends and family to go to divorce court seven years later because we too busy listening to Pookie and them about how to do this marriage. Or, or, or uh, Deacon Hot Dog. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm telling you, man, I just... Deacon, Deacon, Deacon Hot Dog. You feel me? Or Deacon Fancy Pants. I, I think that the, the church is doing so much damage, man. The whole, like, the whole perspective of marriage, in my opinion, is just thrown off. Because you get, where in the scripture does it say till death do us part in marriage? You understand where is that even or, or or just the concept of a wedding you feel me like i read the whole first uh, uh old testament and i was hard pressed to find a wedding outside of uh in the book of esther you know what i'm saying and and with that it was so it was such a the the implications of it in the society was like clear you know what i'm saying it was just different times I mean, even like they had the arranged marriages the arranged weddings they had the ceremonies they may not have been expressed i mean because even in roof the whole situation with boys at the roots how many women did he marry before he finally got to roof so i mean the right. weddings were, were there they had the arranged but they were arranged marriages and it was based on familial wealth and things of that nature but so, but yeah. but in the story of roof, roof would you say that that was an arranged marriage that was trickery um, the the <laughs> who, Boaz, who Boaz married before he finally got to Ruth, that was deception and lie. And that, yes, those were arranged. And I guess yeah, even Ruth, that was supposed to be arranged because it was an exchange. If you do this, then I'll allow you to marry my daughter. If you marry this daughter, then I'll allow you to do this. If you do these things for me, it was contingent upon um, whatever the need of that mm -hmm. of Ruth's father was. So that, well, that's yeah, that was two different stories, but I hear you though, because with with Ruth, her story, yeah. Ruth, Ruth didn't even know nothing about marriage, didn't want to get married or nothing. You thinking about? Uh, she didn't know nothing about that, or she had her Boaz, first husband. Yeah, I, I maybe mix the story. I mixing names. Who Boaz yeah, was after? Who? Who was he after? I'm not sure who he was after, but with when it comes, he was her redeemer, but that came after her husband and her his brother died, Ruth? and once her husband, yes. Ruth's first husband, because Naomi was her mother-in-law, right, and she exactly. said, "I will go. Your God will be my God. Exactly. Oh, trust me, I'm all in that." Because I'm sick of women saying they want a Boaz. As soon as her and Boaz got hitched and she got pregnant, Boaz laid down and died. You do not want a Boaz. You want somebody you can do life with on a long-term basis. You don't want nobody to croak and die. Like I don't care what he leaving you. But 
Maybe that's what they want. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Let me, can I, can I ask one story? Before we go, I want to ask one question, and um, and uh, it's good that we have you, Taylor, uh, because you, you know you've been married, and Free has been married as well. Uh, I want to talk about finances, finances when it comes to um, to uh, marriage or, or relationships. Um, so, if what do you guys think about how to deal with the finances of a relationship? Let's say if you you and your significant other is is um, both working, is it a combined pot? Is it a you know? Um, you know, uh, we share mine and she keeps hers. Uh, what do you, you know? We'll start with you, Free. What do you, what do you think about the whole? How, how do, how do, how do, how do you? How do I what? How do, you, how do, you, how do you view the finances of a of a marriage? Like not just a, a relationship. We both working. So do we put all of our money in one big pot and then just what? I'm afraid of uh. I'm about to be judged, but <laughs> come on, brother. Let's hear it. Me. I want to piggyback off somebody else. Like, <laughs> um, honestly, to be completely transparent and honest, I don't necessarily have a formulaic uh, financial identity as far as marriage is concerned, because I think it all depends that circumstantially for me. Ideally for me, the woman that I marry, she will be working. Now, I believe at this point, uh, my first marriage, we had a joint account. I don't think that worked so well. Um, Mm. I think that maybe moving forward that we have our individual accounts and then a joint account and then all of the bills and, you know, particulars and necessities are taken care of of that one particular account you still have money to do whatever it is that you want to do for you personally without i don't i don't have to be concerned about, we don't have to be concerned about money being spent out the uh, the account that's for bills or for the necessities or the most important things are taken out of that whatever i spend is whatever i've budgeted and left over for myself that i'm spending on myself or spending on my significant other and things of that so the three accounts yeah i think that is where I'm at with it now. And I honestly was inclined to do that first, but I think the way that it was presented to me initially, I mean, when I was what, 26, 27, it was like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Y'all need to have all this together and so on and so forth. And I was listening to a lot of other people who were married and older than I was and a little bit more experienced, but you know, that was before I realized that my marriage is my marriage. Um, and mm-hmm. what worked for them will not unequivocally or equivocally work for me that I have to create the own my own structure on how it's supposed to work. So yeah, that's the best that's that's the best that I got um right now. And I guess if I'm getting to another when I get in when I remarry and if I discover that something else works better than than something else, then you know, I just make adjustments, but I don't think I have, a, I don't have a standard ideal on how the finances should be. Okay. Now I want to save Taylor, Taylor last. Cause I want, I really want to get Shannon's uh, w- uh, from a woman's perspective. What do you think about that? Good to see you too, Patrick. Um, I mean, I think it's 
who you are getting into a relationship with and what you decide. I'm a three count idea type person. Um, we can have his account, I can have my account, and we can have the account. Um, the account covers the major responsibilities, the bills, the the family vacations. Um, he may want to have his play money. He may be big in technology. He may want to buy every new game console that comes out known to man. Put that in your account. Don't take that out of ours. Um, same with some women. And I'm not a shoe person or a purse person, but I'm going to use those two as an example because that's what's commonly used. You know, I may want to get a purse or the latest shoes and that needs to come out of my account. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. And if you're going to make some major purchases, you know, you should consult, you know, y'all team. So if it's something that's big and heavy and you're like, hey, can we do this? You know, especially if you're dipping out of their account, you know, you need to have that conversation. Don't just make a major purchase without considering that other person because, you know, you got to be wise with your money. I Look, I don't want a purse or a bracelet. Can I get some new glasses? I'll buy it myself. That'll come out of my account. Well, yeah, you said you want to. You, you said you want to be a kept woman. So does that change anything? Like you're not working. Um, does that change anything? Well, I want to build my brand. I'm a writer, so that's what I mean by kept. Like, let me give me an opportunity to build my brand. Work on what I do as a writer. You know, because that takes time. I mean, I, I'm doing it now while I'm working full time. But you know how many hours I work a week. I have never had a problem working. I've been working since I was 15 on paid jobs working since I was 13 on non-paid jobs. So um, I don't have a problem doing the work, but now I want to do something for myself. I want to be my own boss. So if somebody came into my life and said, Shannon, you don't have to work a traditional job. You can build your brand. I'm going to do absolutely that. But I don't mm -hmm. have a lot of the things where I live, a lot of things that I would have done, same when I lived in Miami, I don't have that luxury here. Like there's no target that I can go to every day. There, you know, I can't eat at Chick-fil-A every day if I wanted to. Like, I don't have those items here. So I have learned to live with a lot less than most people. Because we just and if, and if you're kept and you're and if you're kept, Chick-fil-A will be at home, right? But what You'll I'm be saying, making that's not, every day, right? That's not necessarily true. I mean, again, everybody has their brand of hustle. Like, I still have money coming in that doesn't come from my traditional job. Like, I write vows for people, I send out customers. Oh work like i don't have a problem making money that's never a problem i mean and in this day and age you got so many different things if i needed to make a dollar i could go do shipped or doordash or whatever those you know apt you know jobs are and build my own schedule but where i'm at in my life and how i function i'm not afraid of hard work but like i said if the option presented itself i would take it but I would still work on building my brand. I'm going to make sure that, it, like, and Keenan had mentioned it earlier, and I've talked about it on multiple platforms before. I believe in what you bring to the table for your partner determines what type of relationship y'all have. So I believe in being his peace in his sanctuary, and I'm not going to trick off all his money. Like, if I'm not adding value to your life, then I don't want to be in your life. And that's what my mother instilled in us at a very young age. Regardless of what the relationship is, you should leave it better than you found it. So I believe in teamwork makes the dream work. And just because someone stays at home, because I know a lot of housewives that put in a lot of work mm -hmm. and they made sure that their house was on point so that when their husbands came home, everything was smooth and in order. So it depends on what type of person you enter into a relationship with. And that's why I always preach on 
doing relationships right. People have doing relationships and living and dabbling in mediocrity. I want excellence. And what that looks like for me may look something totally different for other people, which is probably why I'm still single, because I'm not about to settle. I want to be there for somebody in the same manner that I want them to be there for me. And we're going to do this thing to build this empire. And whatever that looks like for us, we're going to make it work. All right. I'm not afraid of work. So, Taylor, uh, what are your thoughts on, you know, how to uh, do the finances in a relationship? Uh, Mary, I think that. I think that um, I think it depends on the people. I don't think it's a cookie cutter answer. You know what I mean? I think that I think I think that it's just simply something that you and your spouse need to think about. You know, don't don't let it surprise you. However you want to do it, you know, like you can't like some some people might advise to do this. Well, you they might be in a different tax bracket than you. You know what I'm saying? Or they might have different, you know, behaviors or norms. So I just think that it's something that you just need to. That's just something to discuss with your partner. That's what I would say, you know. I like Ste- Stephanie. Uh, she said, I like y'all because y'all not jaded. Real real quick, because I want to get this in before we uh, we have to say goodbye. Um, Keenan asked uh, prenup. Uh, would anybody, get, I mean, if I don't think none of us are rich. So, um, but let's just say in this alternate universe, we all balling. Will we, make someone, will we make someone sign a prenup and um, or would we sign a prenup? So, uh, Shannon, we'll start with you. Uh, would you sign a prenup? You remember this question on another other podcast and what I said you could do with that prenup? Prenup these nuts? No, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I and I and and I say I don't know because right now I am trying to build something totally dope. I'm not saying that. I want to be walking down the aisle and then walking down the aisle to, to the divorce court. And so I'm not saying that's not an option for me because, you know, that's what people say. Divorce is not an option for me and they end up getting divorced. But I don't want to go into my marriage with that on the table. Like, and we going to separate, you know, some people say we have a prenup and we leave with what we started with. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I cannot say whether or not I would do a prenup. Um, Mm. I I don't have a right answer for that because there are a lot of things right now in this moment, like the books I have. Yeah, you can try to take money from me. I will go ahead and write you a check for $27.83 because that's about all you're going to get. Um, But later down the road, you know, dismantling daddy dysfunctions might be a New York bestseller and I might be on tour for the rest of my life. Am I going to be mad that you want to take half of that? If it's meant to be and that's the story that we write, then that's the story that we write. But I don't know. I can't say that. I don't necessarily want to do a prenup, but I'm not going to knock it. What about you, Taylor? Dang, what do you I feel was hoping that you wouldn't have asked me next, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 that's a tough question, man. You know, it, it really is. Um, I think that it's not something that I would exclude, but I think that, well, with the mind that I have now, if that came up, I would question the marriage altogether. You know what I'm saying? To be honest, I, I just would. Um, but that doesn't mean that I wouldn't sign one. You know, I, I think that a, I think that that whole concept of a prenuptial agreement, I think it's problematic. You know, I think that even if you do sign a prenup, you know, it should you renew your your marriage vows every how many years. You know what I'm saying? You need to update your prenup, too. You understand what I'm saying? 
because you, you, you might you might come to find out that this person is not who you thought they were. You know, so whereas when it first started, you didn't really have an issue because you didn't think that he would try to take something that you know that you built. You know what I'm saying? Because because it's it's like, you, you know, like I, f- I feel like if you feel like if you're worried about uh, the person that you're dating, taking your stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Or or just, imp- you know, that something like that happening. It's just it's already an issue. You know, you understand what I'm saying? So it's kind of, to me, they cancel out. Me personally, I, I don't know. I, I would think that if, if I have to consider a prenup with a woman, I would really think twice about her being my wife. You know, Taylor, you Stephanie, my brother from another mother. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, address that what Stephanie says because I'm right on. She's, I agree with that. But um, we're running out of time, so uh, free. I'll give it to you. The last. Um, in the prolific words of the the great Sean Carter, uh, what I look like giving a chick half my scratch, like she wrote half my raps. Yeah, <laughs> I'm having that. So um, <laughs> I think essentially, I think one thing is there's a stigma against prenuptial agreements that it's exclusive to one particular thing. Um, and that's just saying, and I guess it lends to the idea of, oh, you're expecting this to fail. And I don't think it's solely on that. I think it's a little bit broader than that. And I'm thinking about it from a business standpoint. If I am getting married and my significant other does not have any idea of business dealings or even my particular business dealings, and they and I do have someone that can be a successor, that can be an owner operator, should the uh, in the event of my untimely demise or the separation of this marriage or the dissolvement of this marriage, then it can go in its proper place. And that's more so business wise. That's not an attestment to my relationship, to my feelings as far as my partners, my wife is concerned or anything of that. Um, and I think, you know, vice versa, if she has some other things, say if it were if it were Shannon, you're writing the book and I don't know anything about writing anything. And this is the thing that you've been working on for. This is your life's work. Um, yes, we are, I guess, sharing a life together. But then there's certain things that you're necessarily trying to protect the legacy of. In addition to we spoke to, I think, Olaf in a um prior podcast to where he was saying about his prenup and it was more for family heirlooms and if we are at the point severing this marriage and we are no longer family then yes i would like these heirlooms or these things possessions to stay with my immediate my blood family so i think they're in a prenuptial agreement encompasses a lot more than just taking half of my wealth or my financial uh status um so the and i used to be of the mindset i guess like you taylor and it's like well if you got to get a prenup why why would you want to marry me but i as i learned as far as legalities and you dealing with contracts and all these different things um that it doesn't one is it's not necessarily mutually exclusive um and you can have one and still have all the love and respect and honor for your marriage in the world with a prenuptial agreement. The same thing as a power of attorney, because you cannot get a prenuptial agreement, get a power of attorney and your significant other still doesn't have access to certain things, uh, you know, that you have. So it's all about, I think intent and just knowing the person that you, that you're with and understanding why it is that they're doing what they're doing. Um, And I think that will kind of make all these things a little bit more culpable. So I would sign one, you know, if I felt comfortable with it, if I understood things and if it was something I would try to protect for, you know, the best interest of family or uh, certain things like my family has land. And if we are, this is the family land and we want to keep it within the family. And at this point you are no longer family. Well then 
this is not, you know, this is going to stay over here so that now you can't go and sell, you know, my great, great, great grandfather has worked hard for you just got here. This is staying over here in this particular area. So uh, that's where I'm at. No, wait, I'm so sorry. Uh, I have like 30 seconds left. So uh, I want to thank everybody in the panel and uh, you guys were amazing. And uh, bam.